Happy Sabbath. Greetings to everyone. Nice to be with you here today. And Adam, we're glad you're here. Yeah. And certainly everyone else. So we have much to praise the Lord for. We have much to thank him for, don't we? Yeah, and what a time we live in. Um, by the way, um, we are going to have a study this afternoon, right? Yes. Do, you, do you have a time when that will start? Approximately 2 o'clock. About Maybe 2, two or, yeah, or I suppose we could earlier. Whatever, yeah, about 2 o'clock. Uh, just so you know, we're going to be taking a look at this book here, The End of Time. And um, it is an absolutely tremendous book because it lines up in basic sequence the events of the end of time, the latter rain, the Sunday law, the close of probation, uh, the shaking, sifting, things like that. It's a very, very good compilation. If anybody does not have a copy, we have some copies here. I see a box there. I also brought some. So if someone would like a copy, please, uh, mine are out in my van. But uh, please let us know. Uh, first come, first serve. They're yours while, they're, while they last. Uh, so I did bring some copies along. So if anybody wants one, please uh, make yourself known. Don't uh, hesitate to ask, okay? So appreciate that. Um, um, I'd like to just briefly also have a prayer myself and ask for the Lord's <clears throat> excuse me, blessing before we begin our study of the Bible this, uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can gather here in your house upon your holy day. Lord of heaven, we are praying that thou will look down upon us, that thou will accept the sincerity of the reaching out of our faith to you. We plead the blood of Jesus to be interceded in our behalf, to wash us where we have been guilty to make us pure where we have been unclean and to give us power to overcome. Please guide my lips and my mind. Please guide our hearts. We pray that Christ will be exalted and his word will be exalted. And we thank you so much for hearing our prayer. We pray for the presence of the spirit of God in this place. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at Revelation chapter 12 and 13, a little bit out of chapter 14. Um, and um, I would like to begin here by looking at a verse in chapter 12. Okay, uh, Revelation chapter 12. Now, Revelation chapter 12, you have the description of the war in heaven between Christ and Satan originally and Lucifer being cast out to this earth. And uh, in verse 9 of Revelation uh, chapter 12, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, Satan was thrown out of heaven, and then it says there in verse 11 or 10, I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And then verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony 
and they loved not their lives unto the death. So they overcame him by two things, by the blood of the lamb. And when the Bible refers to the blood, it's referring to Jesus' death on the cross. How many of you know what the Ten Commandments say? Uh, you probably all do. How many of you have ever told a lie? I'm not raising, asking for any raising of hands. How many of you have ever told a lie? Mm-hmm. How many of you have ever coveted? Wanted something that wasn't yours. Maybe your neighbor's house. Maybe your neighbor's wife. How many of you have ever broken the Sabbath? Do you realize, brothers and sisters, that these, the breaking of God's Ten Commandments is the transgression of the law and the wages of sin is death? You know, if you would ask many people on the street if they're a good person, they would probably tell you that they are a good person. But when you start going down through the Ten Commandments, you realize we're not so good. Isn't that right? So the only way that we can be cleared of guilt before God is by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Calvary's cross will clear us of our guilt. But that's the only way. Let's think a little bit about the great magnitude of sin You know, the Bible says that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Do we even lie as a joke? Let's think about it. Satan's effort has been to minimize the wickedness and the badness of sin. But if we want a correct look at sin, we must look at the price paid on Calvary's cross that the eternal God became man and paid an infinite price for the penalty of the sins of the world And also, he paid an infinite price for your soul. So he loves you, right? But it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by, in other words, they had faith in Christ. Our only hope is faith in Christ that Jesus died for me. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony Brothers and sisters, if we are to make it into the kingdom of heaven, we must be engaged in some way, somehow, in the service of God, sharing our faith. Right? We can write letters. We can put people on our prayer list. We can say kind things. We can witness to people. But we must be witnessing. We must be sharing our faith in order to overcome. You know, in the book Christian Service, Ellen White tells the story of a man who was traveling in a terrible storm. He came to the point where he, he, the, the, it was so bad that he did not think that he was going to make it. And he was just about ready to lay down and die because of the distance of the destination in his condition. All at once, he stumbled across another man who was laying there in the blizzard in the storm. He was roused with compassion to help that man. He got him up. He helped him along and helped him along. They got back to safety and to civilization. And then the man who had helped the fallen man, who was about ready to give up himself, realized when he got back that by helping the other man, he himself had saved his own life. We have got to be doing all we can. We must not underestimate the value of our personal influence in reaching others for the kingdom of God and the importance of the work that we as individuals have to do. 
If you want to see how important your influence is, look to the cross of Calvary and the importance of the fact that Jesus died for you and he paid for you and you have a work to do to help precious souls get out of this world. Yesterday when I got gas, I gave a man a book. I said, here's a book that will show you how to trust in God and how to get to heaven. He says, I need that. This past week I was talking to a man and I was explaining to him the book Great Controversy. He said, can I have that book? It was as if that was not me. That was the Holy Spirit working upon the man's heart. Brothers and sisters, now as never before, what I'm observing is people are open and receptive to the message. Not all, obviously, but we've got to find those precious souls that are out there that need the information that we have. So may the Lord help us to do all we can to get the message out. But it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. In other words, they had faith in the cross. We must continually think about Christ and the cross and remember that that is our hope. When Satan comes to you and tells you you're a great sinner, you tell him that is true. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom what? I am chief. Paul said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. This is a good saying to go amongst Christians. You know why a lot of people are going to be lost? Because they don't really think that they're that bad. And you know why a lot of people are going to be lost? Because they profess Christ, but they have not truly accepted Christ. We need to really ask ourselves, have I taken Jesus Christ as my Savior? Am I acknowledging where I've been wrong? Am I repenting where I've been wrong? Am I examining my life and looking where I am failing my Savior and then giving those points of weakness over to him, repenting of them, and then going on? Do I have control of my tongue? Do I have control of my passions? Do I have control of my time? Am I spending my time watching things that are drawing me to the Savior and helping me to be a better service, or am I wasting my time merely in entertainment? Brothers and sisters, I fear as never before, Satan is sidetracking people with entertainment because of all the electronic communication that's going on today. They are living lives of self-pleasing and laziness, and they are not getting on with the work that, that they should. Be very careful how the devil wastes your time. It says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Then it goes on to say in Revelation 12, it says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down into you having great wrath because he knows what? He knows that he hath but a short time. Even the devil knows he has but a short time and he's on the march. Should not God's people be on the counter march and pushing ahead the victories of the cross of, for the cross of Christ, winning souls for the kingdom of God? Isn't that right? Hmm. The verse says, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. You know, in the Bible, it says that when one serves, when one person repents that all the angels in heaven rejoice. How many millions of light years is that place away? But they are watching. Their technology is way beyond ours. They are watching everything that's going on in this world. And they rejoice when someone is comes to Christ. 
In fact, we are told that whenever any successful act is accomplished in witnessing and getting out the message, that the deed is reported in heaven and thrills all through the heavenly host. If we were even half awake to the reality, brothers and sisters, we cannot be merely preoccupied with our daily lives, our pocketbooks, our comfort, whatever else may be on our list. Brothers and sisters, we are soon to leave this world. It's coming. We've got to treasure every moment. We've got to put ourselves in every way we can in the best position possible we can physically and spiritually that we may serve our Lord. Right? You know, I had a lady call me some time back and somehow, well, she came across a book in a secondhand store. It was actually the book Christ's Object Lessons. By that way, it's a tremendous book to read. She had been reading it for about six months and it had my name and phone number in the back by some cause. I don't know how, but she called me up. She said, I've been meaning to call you for a while. She said, you know, she said, I've learned more from this book, Christ's Object Lessons in the Bible, this year than I've learned in 30 years of going to church. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we have a message, and one of the best ways to get the message out is to get out book, uh, the book, Great Controversy, Steps to Christ, Ministry of Healing. By the way, did you know that Ellen White says in her writings that the book, Ministry of Healing, and the book, Christ's Object Lessons, contain the third angel's message? You know why? Because they contain the message on righteousness by faith, trusting in God, and so forth. Okay? I wanna, in fact, I want to read you a statement here in the book, uh, Ministry of Healing, because to me, this is a really good statement on faith. The scriptures are to be received as God's word to us, not written merely, but spoken. The scriptures are to be received as God's word to us, not merely written, but spoken. So with all the promises of God, now listen to this, this is so good. So with all the promises of God in them, he is speaking to us individually, speaking as directly as if we could listen to his voice. It is in these promises that Christ communicates to us his grace and power. You know, statements like this should inspire us to memorize Bible verses, shouldn't they? Isn't that right? Don't you want to have communicated to you Christ's grace and power? It says, in these promises, Christ communicates to us his grace and power. They are leaves from the tree of life for the healing of the nations, Revelation 22 received, assimilated. They are to be the strength of the character, the inspiration and sustenance of the life. Nothing else can have such healing power. Nothing besides can impart the courage and faith which give vital energy to the whole being. Isn't that wonderful? It is in these promises that Christ communicates to us his grace and power. 
Remember what Peter said? He said we are made partakers of the divine nature through the promises whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Brothers and sisters, in the passage we're looking at at the moment, it says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Do you know that in James chapter 2 it says that the devils believe and what? Tremble. Do we believe? Do we tremble? But wilt thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? How can we, brothers and sisters, at this time in earth's history, say in any way, by any action, thought, or, or deed, that my Lord delayeth his coming? How can we say that? Aren't we terribly blind spiritually if that is in our life at all? If we are banking on tomorrow and not planning for eternity? May God help us to wake up. May God help us to wake up. You know, in the Bible, there's over 70 different reference, over 70 different references on fasting. In fact, if you look in the book of Joel, it specifically calls for God's people to fast in the last days. You read it in the spirit of prophecy, often there are calls for fasting. You know why fasting is good? Because it allows the body to do an internal cleanse which lowers the toxic load that the average person is carrying in their body, which clears the mind, clears the body, and enhances spiritual life. It enhances the reception of the Spirit of God. I have two short papers here on fasting, if anybody would like them. I have copies if anybody would like to have those after church. But as in these last days, we need to be doing fasting and praying and, and communing with God and then, of course, living our life and getting out the message. Now, I want to read you here a, a statement from this book on end-time events about the um, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, there, this it is a very important study in itself, but this is one point that we are told by inspiration that we need to comply with in order to receive the latter rain. Ask you the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, do not rest satisfied that in an, the ordinary course of the season, rain will fall. Ask for it. We must seek his favors with a whole heart. In other words, if we are to receive the latter rain, we need to be praying earnestly for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Those of you who have read the book Desire of Ages, you remember reading around page 671, it says that Sin could be resisted and overcome only by the mighty agency of the third person of the Godhead who would come with no modified energy but in the fullness of divine power. We need to pray for that power. By the way, and I'm not going to take time now, but in the afternoon meeting, if you ask for it, in this book is an amazing statement that says that the latter rain will come with ten that is, the latter rain at the very end of time, which we are right on the uh, border of, the latter rain will come with ten times the power of the midnight cry. And those of you who know your Adventist history know that the midnight cry was given in the summer of 1844 when the cry was made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. They expected Christ then 
but the latter rain is going to come with 10 times the power. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Brothers and sisters, we need that power to reach precious souls. I want you to think about something. What if you were lost? I just want you to think about that. What if you were lost? Wouldn't that be absolutely terrible? There's no reason for you to be lost. But what if you were? Now I want you to think about someone else. What if they are lost? What if it's someone in the church? What if it's a leader in the church? What if it's your neighbor? What if they're lost? Wouldn't that be terrible? Can't you and I do something to try and help them? Isn't that right? Jesus wants you in heaven. Jesus wants everybody in heaven. But we know the majority of people are not going to follow that. Listen, I'm sorry, uh, I got off the quote. It says this. It says, we should improve every opportunity of placing ourselves in the channel of blessing. So when you're in the channel, it's like a trough that the water is running through. You want to get into that channel of blessing where the water is running so you can receive the water. Okay? Then this. The convocations of the church. What does the word convocation mean? Huh? Yes, it means the gathering of God's people. The convocations of the church, as in camp meetings, the assemblies of the home church, so that it is camp meetings, special meetings, the assemblies of the home church, we're in the home church here. And now listen, and all occasions where there is personal labor for souls are God's opportunity for giving the early and latter rain. Okay? So it's when we meet together for worship and there is personal labor for souls are God's opportunities for giving the early and the latter rain. Pretty plain, isn't it? So is the latter rain going to be poured out on people who aren't gathering together for worship? Is the latter rain going to be poured out on people who are not doing what they can to get out the message? Is that right? There may come a time when we will be worshiping in our homes, but Jesus said where two or three are gathered together, in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There may be a time coming, I believe eventually there will be. We will have to worship in our homes or in secret. It's going to become more difficult. Did you know that in China now that there are thousands and thousands of pastors turning off their, their computers, getting rid of their phones, their ID chip cards, and going into hiding? You know why? Because there's such a terrible onslaught of persecution against Christians now going on in China. Hmm? And it's, yes, it's going to spread. And even with the, the dealing with this COVID problem, there's terrible infringements on travel, even he, between here and the U, and Canada and the U.S. Um, I'm not going to go into details, but things are tightening down. And now while we have the chance, we need to get out the book, Great Controversy. By the way, I have some boxes of Great Controversy with me. If someone would like some Great Controversies to pass out, hand them out to people. Tell them this book will show you what's happening to freedoms in America. It'll show you the Bible is true and how to be ready for heaven. People need people need the book. But it says the convocations of the church, as in the camp meetings, the assemblies of the home church, on all occasions where there is personal labor for souls are God's appointed opportunities for giving the early and latter rain. The circumstances may seem favorable. For a rich outpouring the showers of grace, but God himself must command the rain to fall. Therefore, we should not be remiss in supplication. That is, 
we've got to keep praying very earnestly. Okay? Now, in the little bit of time we have left, I don't know how much time we have left, but we need to learn all we can, but we need to learn things thoroughly too, okay? One of the things that we've got to study is the book of Revelation, brothers and sisters. We've got to know Daniel. We've got to know Revelation as far as we are able so we can give this message, all right? And one of the things that the books of Daniel and Revelation does is that it points to Jesus' ministry in the most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary, that the work of judgment is now going on, has been since 1844, and and will soon close. But in that process, there is a Savior in heaven who is an all-powerful what? Mediator, right? So people need to be pointed to the fact that they can come boldly to the throne of grace, that there is only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now we know that, and as it says here, Revelation chapter 13, there is a beast power at the end of time. It says in Revelation chapter 13, he says, and I saw one of his heads as they were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. This beast power, which is Roman Catholicism and its organization, which has been in existence for many, many centuries, is the beast power of Revelation chapter 13 that all the world is going to follow at the end of time. And on top of that, brothers and sisters, they have a priesthood, an earthly priesthood, which is totally contrary to scriptures, which is pointing people to confess their sins to man instead of going to God. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So in Revelation chapter 13, it says that this beast, and I want to just ponder this here a little bit. It says, they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto him, who is able to make war with him. And power is given unto him to continue 40 and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. I want to read you uh, a couple, uh, some statements here. Do you know what the word just in general means blasphemy? Do you know what in general the word means blasphemy? It means to... Yes, that would be one definition of it, but it means to speak against God, okay? We know plainly from Scripture that if anyone claims to be God, they are speaking what? Blasphemy. If anyone claims the power to forgive sins... They are blaspheming God. Isn't that right? And this is true of the Roman Catholic priesthood. Let me read you a quote here from a Roman Catholic source quoted in the book Facts of Faith. It says, The priest has the power of the keys or the power of delivering sinners from hell, of making them worthy of paradise. Oh, really? And of changing them from slaves of Satan into the children of God. And now listen to this. And God himself is obliged to abide by the judgment of his priests. This is blasphemy. Right. 
Brothers and sisters, let's not mistake exactly what's going on here. There is an organization that is led by Satan, which is Roman Catholicism, which is totally anti-Scripture. Okay? We are not anti-Catholic. We are anti-Catholicism. Do you see the difference? God loves the Catholics. In fact, we are told that there are many people to come out of the Catholic Church who are going to help us proclaim this message. You'll read it in three selected messages. She says they will help us proclaim this message with far greater power than we even have up to this point. Okay? But God is anti-Catholicism. You know, some people today are hard on Martin Luther because of his severe reaction against Catholicism. But as Christian Edwardson points out, if they knew what was going on in the time of Luther, they would see why Luther came out against the papacy as he did. You'll read it in the book, Great Controversy, on his trip to Rome. He was shocked by the the iniquity that he found in Rome, and he said this to sum it up. He said, if there is a hell, Rome is built over it. It is an abyss from whence, whence issues every type of sin. One of the things that caused the papacy to be such an iniquitous organization was what they did with their priesthood. For one, they enforced celibacy on their priesthood. Now imagine having a religion which says you can't really overcome your sins and then also enforcing celibacy. You've really got a recipe for disaster. Isn't that right? So they they enforced celibacy and often the priests would run off with men's in the in the days of Luther or in the Dark Ages, they would run off with men's wives or their daughters. And they, and many of them had thousands and thousands. This is documented. Thousands and thousands of them had concubines. It was it was a system of iniquity, brothers and sisters, and depravity. And not to dwell on this too much here, but I'm just look. We have got to realize that we must not follow the Pope. We must not follow the papacy. We must not follow Sunday keeping because Sunday keeping will be enforced and it will be the mark of the beast at the end of time. Okay? This is a life or death issue. God says you worship the beast, you are going to you are going to end up in the lake of fire. You will not be saved. You cannot worship the beast and live through the end of time. Okay? So there's all kinds of facts and things about the um, history of the papacy. By the way, I have here a book and I just want to mention this. This is one book of three. There's about a 1,000 pages here. A dear Adventist uh, brother named Edwin D. Koch has done quite a few years of research on the papacy, and he said that if it wasn't for the Internet, they couldn't have ever accumulated all this information. But main, his main case here, and I'll just tell you what his main case here is in this book, and that is he, in this book, ter- does an amazing research, but he shows you that Revelation 13 and 18 is, means exactly what Adventists have believed it has meant for all these years. Here is wisdom. Let him that understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6, which is 666. And the Pope's, the, the papal official title, Vicarious Philae Dei, in numer, numbers, or numerology or numerology or whatever, but in numbers works out to be 666. He doesn't leave a stone unturned. He shows how even in our history over the years and even in recent history, we've had high scholars amongst us who have tried to undermine this, attack it. But he shows without a doubt that our understanding, as we've always believed uh, as Adventists since the time of Uriah Smith, that the vicarious Philidei 
does work out to be 666. It is the official title of the popes. They, as is quoted in the Book of Great Controversy, um, uh, Ellen White quotes one of the popes who said, we hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. They do not hold the place of God Almighty. No, they don't. Now, Um, in the book, Great Controversy, in the chapter Liberty of Conscience Threatened, it says this. The papacy is well adapted to meet the wants of all these, that is, most of the human race. It is prepared for two classes of mankind, embracing nearly the whole world. Those who would be saved by their merits and those who will be saved in their sins. Here is the secret of its power. So the papacy appeals to two groups, those who would be saved by their merits. In other words, I give my money, I go to church, I do good deeds, I do what the church says, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, and because I am a good person and I am pleasing man, I will be saved. That's saving yourself by your own merits, which is absolutely impossible. No, because the guilt of sin is so great and the gift of eternal life is so great, it's an infinite gift and it only can be given by Christ. So those who believe they can be saved by their own merits and those also who believe they can be saved in their sins. Ha, I can get drunk, I can go out and rob banks, I can go out and whatever, whatever the world does. And I'm still going to heaven because I go to the confessional and I, and I pay money, right? No, you will not be saved in your sins. And you cannot be saved by your own merits. You will not be saved in your sins if you continue lying, fornicating, Sabbath-breaking, coveting, whatever else the law of God says, you will not be saved, okay? Now, if you're struggling with these things, Jesus will help you. He will change you, and he will give you grace to overcome them. But you cannot be saved in your sins. And this is where the papacy is um, incorrect. Now, there is a statement here, again, in this compilation I would like to read, where it talks about the final conflict. Okay? It says this. This message, talking about the third angel's message, was designed to put the children of God upon their guard by showing them the hour of temptation and anguish that was before them. So, we are to be on our guard constantly. You know, I'm, I'm hoping now that at this stage in my life, as I review my life and I've seen the failures that I have experienced as a result of my own incorrect thinking and acting, I'm hoping that at this time in my life, I'm realizing my complete dependence on God. I must say, as uh, more as time goes on, I'm realizing that. I, I think I'm realizing that more. And may God help us through to the end. It says, This message was designed to put the children of God upon their guard by showing them the hour of temptation and anguish that was before them. Said the angel. Now, God has given us warning. He's letting us know what we're headed for. Said the angel, they will be brought into close combat. 
with the beast in his image. Brothers and sisters, this is not talking about guns. I hope you understand that. This is a spiritual battle. We will not be defending ourselves with guns. We will be defending ourselves with prayer and the word of God. That will be our defense. In fact, there's a quote in here. I won't bother to look for it now. But it says at the end of time, our only defense, our only defense will be prayer. Our only defense. So we better learn how to pray now, right? Said the angel, they will be brought into close combat with the beast in his image. Their only hope of eternal life is to remain steadfast. Although their lives are at stake, although their lives are at stake, they must hold fast the truth. Praise God. So the latter rain is going to be given with ten times the power. Okay? I want to read you another statement here. It does not seem possible to us now that any should have to stand alone. But, and when Ellen White says this, we really need to perk up. If God has ever spoken by me, the time will come when we shall be brought before councils and before thousands for his name's sake. And each one will have to give the reason of his faith. If God has, she says, if God has ever spoken by me, we cannot think that we're going to exempt ourselves from these challenges in the future. We must, by the grace of God, get ready for them. If God has ever spoken by me, we shall be brought before councils and before thousands for his name's sake, and each one will have to give the reason of his faith. Then will come the severest criticism upon every position that has been taken for the truth, we need then to study the word of God that we may know why we believe the doctrines we advocate. You know what I would encourage you to do is take a subject, okay? Take a subject, the Sabbath, the second coming, victory over sin, the state of the dead, what, what, some of these major subjects, and find th- even just three or four really good Bible verses that proclaim that truth, put them down on a list, and then memorize those Bible verses. If you took 10 subjects and had three or four verses on every subject, you would memorize 30 or 40 verses, and you would be quite well armed. Brothers and sisters, none of us are ever going to get all the knowledge we would like to have, but we better keep searching for it. We better keep pushing for it. And we got to remember this, that one verse of Scripture, one ver- 70, page 71 says, one verse of Scripture is worth more than 10,000 of man's ideas or arguments. Isn't that wonderful? One verse of Scripture is worth more than 10,000 of man's ideas or arguments. So don't be intimidated by the opposition. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God, and God will help you through. So the Lord has given us uh, warnings that, We are facing quite a time.
I was reading a, a news, newsletter recently, and it was telling about a student from Oklahoma Academy. How many of you have ever been to that traveling sanctuary? It's approximately life-size, and you go and visit. They'll take you through a tour, and they set it up in different places. Where there was a student, one of their senior students from Oklahoma Academy was giving a tour, and the group was mainly a Spanish-speaking group. And he was going through and giving a tour, and he, he didn't see anybody translating for them. He just saw a little bit of whispering, but that was it. And when the tour was over, some, one of the group came up to him and said, we heard the entire thing in Spanish, and he was speaking English. Isn't that exciting? They heard the entire thing in Spanish, and he was speaking English. God's spirit is beginning to work. And we need to work with him. Is that right? So here we are. Have faith in Christ. Um, Our freedoms are being, as you know, step by step, stepped upon. May the Lord give us wisdom. We have a lot of light to follow. We have a heaven to win. We have a hell to shun. And may God help us to be faithful all the way to the very end. They overcame him, the Bible says, by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. I want to be like the man who in the book Great Controversy, it's described when they put him up to, the, to put him to death, they said, give in. And he said, I will not give in. And he said this, he says, I simply believe all that the saints and prophets have taught and believed. And he said, my faith has a confidence in God that resists all the powers of hell. May God give us that same kind of faith. It's a real battle. It's a real war. And the issue, brothers and sisters, is eternal life. Be faithful to the end, and God bless you. We'll go ahead and have our closing hymn. That's going to be far and near the fields are teeming, hymn number 358. So if you could turn to hymn number 358. And if we could all stand.
Before we pray, I'd just like to mention um, a point here. There is something I would recommend you check out, and that is there is an Adventist church called the State Line SDA Church. And they have weekly seminars giving you information on current events that show we are trending rapidly towards the Sunday Law. Just look up uh, State Line, State Line SDA Church. It's in Alabama. Their pastor, his name is Isaac. Um, and they, I was watching a little bit last week, and they pointed out that the Pope has recently been installed as the chaplain for the United Nations. So with the Pope being installed as the chaplain of the United Nations and so many other things going on, brothers and sisters, we can see prophecy being fulfilled. All the world is wandering after the beast. And God has called us to a glorious time to proclaim Christ, to proclaim his truth, And to get ready for Jesus coming, let's keep the cross of Christ uppermost in our minds that truth will triumph. It cannot be overcome. If there's anybody here today who's backslidden, you're not following Christ as you you should. Please do not leave church today without making your consecration to Christ. We must be determined that we will be all out for Christ in these last days. We must rise out of our lukewarm Laodicean condition, brothers and sisters. Do not go on any false assumptions. Be honest with God, honest with your own soul. If there's anybody here, please, as we pray today, lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord God of heaven, forgive me of my backslidings and my sins. Forgive me for violating my conscience where I know things to be wrong and help me to totally dedicate to thee. Only the pure in heart will see God. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we praise you for the mighty promises of your word, for the light of the word of God and the light that illuminates the word of God through the writings of the spirit of prophecy. We thank you for the promise that through these promises, Christ communicates to us his great grace and power, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. We love you, Lord Jesus. We give our hearts to you. Please lift us out of our lukewarm condition. Help us to follow thee as never before. We ask all these things in thy name and for thy sake. Amen.